Good morning and welcome to another episode of a Totally Arsenal podcast. I'm your host, Mornay, and my co-host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? A fantastic result on Thursday night. Cruising past Pate Barasov. We did make kind of hard work of it, losing the first leg, but I think we came back very strongly at the Emirates Stadium. Yeah, the Gunners were expecting, you know, a real reaction to that defeat in, in, in Borisov. Um, there were a few team changes. Ozil came in for suspended Lacazette. Uh, Lichsteiner came in for uh, Maitland-Niles, Maitland-Niles, who was ill. I mean, quite a few of them have actually been ill this past few days. Um, and Kolasinac dropped to the bench, which meant um, Nacho Monreal then pushed out to the left-back position. Uh, I, think with, sorry, I think with uh, Nacho Monreal coming at left-back, it gave the team a bit more stability at the back. Yeah, because uh, look, the thing is, he's like somebody you will venture now and then forward, but he do he does know like um, you know defensively he's that's why he's in the team. And you actually, as you said now, also with that when we play that that uh, like a almost like a four man defense, we actually looked way more stable as as that four. I mean, of course, there were certain lapses that we can still get into, um, but I mean, other than that, the back four actually looked quite solid and. You could see from the get-go, Bate Borisov were actually coming there to, you know, defend their goal at all costs. Because it, it almost like it, it took almost like a goal to open up the game, kind of. Because they would have actually probably been sitting again with that, you know, two banks of four, or even like a, a bank of five and five, and just almost. But, like but you could. Right. But you could see they were doing that even at one 0 down because they knew they just needed one 0 one yeah. goal. Even at you know we obviously get into it, but even at two 0 up, they knew one goal would put him through to the next round. So, look, it was a very disciplined performance from Arsenal, as we would probably get into it. Yeah. I mean, we start fast out of the blocks. Lichsteiner whipping in across, I think, on three minutes. He will be eating, of course, a team shot into the goalkeeper. Uh, the breakthrough then came on four minutes. Aubameyang skinning the body left-back, driving a low shot across goal, only for the centre-back Volkov to turn the ball into his own net. one all, and then, you know, evening the tie-up already on the night. It was a perfect start. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better start, you know, to settle the nerves as well, because I'm sure there would have been nerves around the stadium and in the players, you know, having to chase that elusive first goal, which they couldn't get in Belarus. So it was a, it was, I thought it was a good start. We showed intent, unlike, you know, the past few other games. So, and kudos to Aubameyang as well, you know, getting involved very early in the game and actually um, making something happen. And then, of course, cue the mandatory uh, defensive shutdown. Cross uh, and Montreal not picking up their respective runners. Sarislav Dragon finding himself into open space, having a pop at goal. Luckily, we had Lichsteiner alert to the situation, and he managed to you know clear the ball off the line. And I mean, I just want to also put on a side note regarding Lichsteiner. There was a moment in the game, I'm sure many listeners saw it also, there was a ball that was played route one. I think it could have been between our goal, our first goal, and that first real chance that they got, where a, a route one ball was belted over, and Nacho Monreal, and I believe Koscielny went for the same ball. And I mean, uh, the commentator on the net, Stuart Robson, former Arsenal player, he was saying, look, when you are training as a, as a player, even if you're coming through the ranks already, you know as a in a centre-back pairing or a defensive pairing, one goes to attack the ball, one drops off in case there's an error. 
And you don't see that because I think that you could actually even hear Liefsteiner shouting at the two of them. It was like saying, like, what are you guys doing? You have to talk to each other. And I mean, that is a sort of, you know, there's this lapses that we have. Okay, fine. We got away with it now, like on Thursday night. But look, you're not going to get away with it every time. And it's almost like those moments that, that you were talking of the other time also where, uh, I think last year's was the League Cup thing with where Mustafi lets the ball just bounce over him. And that, you know, the guy runs off free. And like everybody else is just running away from the ball instead of one dropping off thinking, okay, if there's an error to, to happen, I'm going to be here to cover. You know, I'm just going to give a, a bit of a, um, you know, put my hand up for Lichsteiner for once. You know, he actually earned his, his spot in the team and actually, you know, gave a good account of himself. I mean, that clearance of the line, I never expected a week ago from now, you would say, luckily, Lichsteiner was there to save us. So I'm actually, you know, happy for him, Matt. He, he also gave a good shift. And this is another thing I wanted to mention as well, is that, the second, this, these two legged ties scare me actually, since Arsenal's very inconsistent yeah. with their um, defending at home and away. Because we might not get as lucky, you know, as we go deeper into the competition to get away with some of the mistakes we were making, or even on Thursday night at home at the Emirates. But, you know, um, what I also wanted to mention was also, uh, also a, a special mention to even somebody like Mkhitaryan. and okay, he wasn't doing that much that we expected of, like, say, a winger in the, in the whether it's first or second half. But I mean, he it was almost like doubling up always with with uh, Lichtenstein or allowing Lichtenstein that freedom to go forward. So it's almost like he could actually play with that, you know, in that mindset of going forward. And I think with with yeah. Nacho. On the other side, with with Iwobi in front of him, he knows. Okay, look, this kid is not going to really help that much. But I mean, you could see. I don't know. Maybe the, the the talking or communication between the two is better because, I mean, you actually saw Iwobi dropping back even today to the corner flag of ours in our half. Yeah, you know, to help out or double up on on somebody. So, I, I think it's, it's with with Colosinos, I think the, the the thing that you should maybe focus on is more communication because there's a lot of things that he does. Where he does things first, and then he like points at his ears, like I didn't get the shout, or somebody tells him, like you know, calm down. You, you know, you it's more like a rush of blood to the head you're getting here. Um, yeah, and I, yeah. I think also Colosinos' main job is going for. He doesn't really drop back, and that maybe also um, goes like the message also goes through to Iwobi, where Iwobi will say, "Well, this guy's not going to do his job. Why must I know mm. run back all the time?" So. Yeah, I think Montreal is a good mentor to have behind him, you know, to guide him and things like that. And then, I mean, 20 minutes, uh, Xhaka then forces Shabitsky into a fine save, you know, with a fine rocket of a shot. It, I mean, it looked like it was going into the top corner. Um, our, our young again, you know, within that first half, again, fluffed a few chances. I think Ozil and Lichtenstein carved out quite good chances for him. Yeah. One we glanced totally... You know, most time he's jumping, glanced wide. And then I think that one with, with Lichstein at the cross, he just sort of like scuffed the shot. You know, it wasn't really with any yeah. intent at all. So, I mean, yeah. And then on 39, think... yeah, 39 minutes, Xhaka's corner gets powered home by Mustafi. But, I mean, you could see this was now, uh, like, if you watch, I think, this past week's, Arsenal video that they put up on on YouTube. Yeah, you can actually see they were training that that drills were being kept all time. That they had like four or five different dummies put in the box, and our players were just supposed to 
eight in whatever corners that were being crossed in. Uh, seems like finally this the the training's paid off. I know we were um, criticizing the uh, training regime and how they were, you know, not taking it seriously enough. And uh, but and now actually they they maybe took it serious. They set pieces and they actually you know made it count in this game. Yeah, Mustafa even said I think there was an article I saw yesterday where he said you know the training worked off because everything worked to a T, you know, with the way the crosses were coming in and the way we were also attacking balls because you could sense the way that keeper was coming off his line every time in that first half. He was quite nervous because it was almost like luring him out every time. You know, it looks like it's coming yeah. towards him and then it's almost like just drawing him out. And you could see that was the ploy by Arsenal with the corners, like the, the various variations, like, you know, the variations we had with the corners, like short, long, uh, that, you know, where the one guy is like touching the ball on and then that corner taker just comes in with a second shot in the box. So you can see that sort of thing was constantly keeping them, you know, thinking, guessing, and that, and that was, for me, a big bonus on that Thursday night game. Um, second half, uh -huh. Bate came out more adventurous, giving as good as they got, because, I mean, they went out, it was like having to somehow come out of the shell somewhat, being now 2-0 down. Um, I think, what was this guy's name? Scavish. He managed to yeah. waltz himself into the box and every uh, scuff shots go straight to Peter Cech. I think, I, I think if I remember correctly, I, I gasped for air when that shot was, was to, when you spin like that. I just thought, oh, Fluff, here we go. Uh, you notice that air clearances that weren't even getting out of the box. We were yes. like cannoning the ball in off, like, against players and stuff like that. I thought either there's going to be a handball or this ball's going to somehow deflect and go past check the way we were trying to get rid of the ball. I, I was just panicking and thinking, please, not against Bate Barosov. We can't be, you know, being made fun of and ridiculed because we're getting knocked out to Bate Barosov. But I think that goal also, as you know, before halftime also settled the nerves even more and then, like, after half time, if we know we conceded a goal, we still had that luxury of scoring one goal, then we could go through. Yeah. Um, on <clears throat> 56 minutes, because he only was subbed off due to injury, I think it was probably a tight cough. But I mean, look, he was like really, you know, overworked at times when, you know, the covering and, and also that even that, that little sprints that they do forward, like for corners, and that, I think it was also catching up to him somewhat. Um, he got uh, subbed off, Socrates came on. And then on the hour mark, a goal that almost like settled the tie, really. Another Xhaka corner, totally miscued by the um, Borisov keeper, allowing Socrates to hit it with a free inning to an empty goal. Unlike Arsenal scoring uh, set pieces, actually, to put him through the next round, it's always been our Achilles heel. <laughs> but it seems like we've been uh, taking a lot of set piece goals uh, this season. And on uh, 64 minutes, Quedouzi came off, Torreira came on, more like, you know, getting on some fresh legs. Um, Arsenal were just allowing Bate Borisov then, you know, it was like pot shots at goal. Not, and I mean, I mean, it was all wayward shots anyway, but it was like they were just allowing them that little bit of adventure in the middle of the park. But once they got into the box, Arsenal just shut up shop everything in front of the box. Um, they then brought on Arsenal, then brought on Suarez. Uh, like with 15 minutes to go, but I mean, it was a cameo role that was again uh, very underwhelming. I found, um, yeah, I just found again, you know, as much as look, I, I don't know, I'll just slag the guy off or something, but it's almost like at the moment, as he's now adapting to the team, also, 
Um, he's just running into blind alleys. Like, he's going to places where he's almost like isolating himself. So, I don't know, either let him get rather a run, you know, with four games inside the under-23 yeah. uh, matches, something like that. Just, I mean, you don't even have to play, like, a full game. I mean, give him, like, maybe a 45 or 60-minute run. Just so that, because, look, the under-23s play exactly the same the formation or formation changes that we do without him. So, I mean, maybe they can get some extra guidance. And, I mean, look, Freddie is coached there also, so... Maybe they can, you know, that can also help him somewhat. Because at the moment, <clears throat> uh, I mean, to be honest, I'm, I was expecting way more uh, of a immediate impact, even if it's a loan. But I mean, I'm just yeah. not seeing it at the moment. That's why I would have preferred a passage or even a Carrasco, because for me, like you mentioned, I think it was in the previous podcast last week. It's almost March. If he doesn't play a full game today. It'll be the first of March, second of March, or third of March next week, Sunday or Saturday, whenever we play. And the guy still hasn't, you know, impressed us. Then he would have two months to basically do something special and capture our attention, or to have just been a waste of a signing then. Yeah. Because, I mean, at, at, <clears throat> at the moment, then we might as well, you know, just see out this loan thing and then, you know, invest whatever money that was not paid in this loan deal or. Like with wages, nothing that wages can be again pushed on for some someone else. Because I mean, as I said, this doesn't it doesn't really make sense at the moment as it stands. Because I mean, yeah, with, maybe. with players also coming back say, from injury and that. So I mean, <clears throat> I can tell you now. I mean, look, Ramsey is already so gelled in the team. So I mean, he, Ramsey probably gets the nod again for Southampton on 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 Sunday. Yeah, I mean, if if. if... So he doesn't play against Hampton, then when when do you play? Because I'm sure they're not gonna throw him in in the cold against the North London Derby. Is it next week, right? The North London Derby, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. I think we still have a, when do we have that Bournemouth game? Is in between? Yeah, I think it's in between. So midweek game and then we play um the, the North London Derby. And I mean, you don't wanna be play starting Dennis Wallace in the North London Derby if he hasn't played or started a single game. So when do you play him and then when he basically comes in, it's almost, you know, mid-March again. And then, you know, it, I don't know what the sense was behind the signing if we weren't going to give him some minutes at least. Um, so we move on now to the round of 16 where we will meet Stadrain, who are 11th in, in Liga. Um, the game should have been the first leg home fixture, but because of Chelsea being... At home as well, UEFA regulation states that we will have to probably play our first, uh, not we will probably, we will play the away league first. Um, so, I mean, unless you book, you have booked your tickets up front, I don't think it's too bad of a situation because I still think, you know, we can do more damage, say, away, you know, and then when you take, you bring it back to the Emirates, that's where you finish the job type of thing. I didn't know that. Actually, it's news to me that we have to play the first leg away. I when because I, I didn't you know investigate that. I just saw Arsenal like who they drew, and then I was like, ah oh, man, we're playing the first leg at home. So this is actually news to me now that you mentioned that we can actually play now the first leg away from home, which now suits us a bit better. No, I mean, I look as I said, I do feel for the Arsenal fans, like the Gooners that they have now, because I think the minute the 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 draw came out. They already started doing their, you know, the book, uh, booking like of, of hotels, and, uh, booking of, um, you know, flights and stuff like that. So, of course, that now throws the spin in the works. But I mean, as I said, uh, hopefully the club can also sort that out where these people can get now, you know, reimburse somehow again. 
So yeah, so I mean, I'm glad with because for me always, I mean, maybe in later stages you can deal with you know the the way the tires now going to be set up like home first and you know away second. But I think uh, like at the moment the way we are, I think it's you know just better to get that other thing out of the way. And the only other crap thing of the of it all is now we also miss Lacazette for those two games also because of that. The decision was now made, I think, on Friday that it's now a, a what's it, violent conduct, and it's like a straight three-game ban. So he will miss both legs as well. But but you know, in, if we look at it in hindsight, maybe you know having a fresh Lacazette in the Premier League, you know, leading the line, and maybe a Palmeiras can slot in for the. Europa League games, it's, it's not too bad. You know, they will have two hungry players until, you know, you can fit Lacazette back into the Europa League team again as well. So, you know, I'll, I'll try to put a look at it in a positive way as well. So, we now start to preview the match in Southampton tomorrow. Um, we're taking on the 18th place team in the league. Uh, we go into the game uh, 23 unbeaten only game against only games against Southampton consecutive games. Um, the top performer for the Saints this season has been Danny Ings, and he's like a serious, serious doubt for the game because I think he's struggling with a thigh or groin injury. So they probably will have to because from what I heard, it doesn't look that good that he. I mean, even if he does come back, it will probably only just be a bench role. So. The biggest doubt is him like, coming in, but as I said, he's now been the main man for them this uh, this uh, yeah this season. You know, the last time we were in unbeaten streaks, uh, Southampton seemed to have ended. So I hope they don't end our yeah. streak yeah. that you mentioned now. But I think we should we should put them. You know, I don't want to disrespect Southampton, but Arsenal, if they want to be serious contenders for top four, they're going to have to brush Southampton aside. And no disrespect to Southampton, but the players now need to step up and show that they're serious for this Champions League football. Because to be quite frank with you, I actually missed the, the sound of the Champions League on a Tuesday and Wednesday, that, that anthem booming through the stadium. And, and as a fan, you know, watching it from your home. So mm -hmm. I, I really hope somehow we, we step up and can get the three points and, you know, build on the journey towards the Champions League football again. I mean, like, I think one thing that will probably be frustrating for us as Arsenal fans and even I'm sure the players as well will be, look, Southampton at the moment are a team that are playing a type of football that is more um, Mourinho-esque, if I can put it, where they are not trying to be, um, you know, they'll rather take a draw than lose so yes 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 that means them frustrating you or flooding or you know just you know spoiling the game so you're gonna try to do that and i think that is where we should try to punish them where more of our attacking players should be coming from out wide you know draw them out of that, that positions you know the way we almost like if, if i can put it down into context with a pre some of the previous games you know the way we played against leicester leicester city also came there with a type of you know get a goal or even then go compact but I mean, we ended up just stretching that game and stretching that game. And, you know, when you, you saw again, we ended up getting so many Leicester players out of, you know, the, the, the supposed defensive or, uh, uh, you know, defensive-minded positions. You know, even if you were in midfield or whatever, we were drawing out these players again and giving our central midfield, you know, more pockets of space to run into. And I think that is the type of gameplay we should have. And also, maybe also a quick start, like we've now done in the last few games. You know, like yeah. it's the league, and it has been, but the tempo has been, you know, somewhat up a bit. 
if if we can get the result against Southampton, you know, you never know what's going to happen between Man United and Liverpool. Because that game can go either way. And Liverpool know that was at stake because if they don't pick up the maximum points against Man United, City and Spurs will probably be on the heels. So for Arsenal, we can win. You know, maybe United drops points. And then we have a, a Chelsea who's only going to have to they have to play a catch-up game, if I'm not mistaken. Because now they're playing Carabao Cup the weekend. So we could maybe put, you know, a bit of a, a slight gap now and maybe build on that over the other top four rivals yeah, if this no, weekend no. does go all well. I mean, look at that. Look, let's, let's face it. I mean, these next two games that we play, and it, I mean, it's two home games, we have to get, three, you know, six points out of it. Because, I mean, that's I got Bournemouth on uh, midweek. We got Southampton on the on the Sunday. So, I mean, yeah. we have to take advantage of that, you know, with, with United now having, uh, yeah, United now having a tough game. Because, I mean, even if it... I like I know you know said uh, with with Liverpool getting all three points, but for me even if United just drop points, that that's almost like all we need to start. I mean, like not only chipping away, but also if we can start opening gaps on on, on teams and and you know really turn up the because look, I doubt we're gonna. There's no way we're really gonna catch Tottenham because I mean they are no 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 they are almost like a machine at the moment the way they trouncing along and trouncing everybody in their way. But I mean yeah. for me. For fourth, that is really going to be a real scrap. So, I mean, we might as well have a go for it there and have a go for it in the Europa League. There's nothing else to play for. Yeah, you know, like you, you can diversify the risk, basically. You know, if one doesn't work out, you have the other in the bag. You don't want to be you now just banking on the Europa League or just banking on top four. So, like you mentioned now, have a go for both. Um, I mean, maybe I, get the I, don't care, right? I don't care if we even... Do the get the top four and even take the Europa League type of thing. And even if we're gonna kick out one of the English clubs, you know, from getting a, a slot, then I don't care. But I mean, for me, it's just like you know, it's a hard slog to even just get there. So you know, it would be well worth it. I mean, we just have like that, you know, that that extra route of Europa League, you know, us and Chelsea. I think that Europa League success would be very good for the club, good for Unai Emery, because yeah. Arsenal haven't won a European competition since the Cup Winners' Cup in '94. If I'm not mistaken. So, for Arsenal to win a European trophy, you know, it will give confidence to the guys. And then, with all that, there's such a knock-on effect winning Europa League or top four. As you get to know, with the Europa League, you get the trophy you, and you get to sign players as well. You get to bring in now maybe top names that you can attract to the club again. Because, I mean, who doesn't know, you know, like with, with um, you know, the the qualifying for the Champions League, whichever way, you know, whichever route. I mean, you're going to get that. that almost like a Champions League windfall as well for just qualifying. Because yeah. you're getting money. And then you're also getting money for even your, like, progression, like, you know, progressing even further in the Europa League. Oh, and, of course, the, the chalk and cheese when you compare the monies to Champions League stuff. But, you know, or at the moment, we're in a, in a situation where, you know, anywhere where we can rake in the funds since we almost like, you know, self-sustaining you know, it's going to be a big, big bonus to us. Yeah, the more bucks we can actually get in the better, so we can spend it on, on you know, bringing in quality and on into the club. Yeah, we will. Um, then we now, you know, draw a line and all that. We switch our attention out to some uh, talking points as we go into the final part of the podcast. Um, one of the headlines that I saw now, the last, it's been actually floating in the media in a few days, um, that... Roma sports director Mon Monchi or Monkey. Yeah. Um, he is now 
tip to take over at Arsenal because I think he I think he ended something almost like his notice already to leave in June. Because I mean he's notified uh, Roma that he's gonna leave. And I think the reason for the appointment there is um he's somebody who gets young talent with big potential and selling on value. And I think the situation we are financially where we don't have a owner that's really supportive. Uh, it's going to come down to us, you know, developing uh, players half to probably go be drafted somewhere into the squad setup, you know, where they show that that true potential where they can, you know, hit the ground running. And then, of course, on the other half, you know, the, the club then tries to raise its own funds by selling on like these top upcoming talents or so, you know, let them maybe prosper a few years in the, in the, under 23s, give them maybe a season or two in the league in the, for the first team, and then you know, sell on for X amount, but probably 10 or whatever times the actual value. So, I think that's gonna probably be the, the route we're gonna go down because they, from what I've read about this monkey guy, he's done it at Sevilla, he's done it as well now with, with Roma, where he's bringing in some of these top, almost like unknown talents. And I mean, I think that he's also somebody that had found that, um under guy of, of of Roma, who's I think I don't know if he's seventeen or eighteen, and from what I heard, now his value is already in the 35, 45 region million region. Wow, for a teenager, that's a quite a, a hefty price tag. Speaking um, about that as well, you told me was it you that mentioned you know where you read somewhere that PSG is actually coming you know knocking for Quintosi again. Oh yes, that was like some rumor going around, but I think it was more. They were just feeling the water because, look, he left PSG for, you know, lack of, you know, he wasn't really getting the crack at, at getting, you know, knocking on, on the first team, really, because they were just always keeping him that youth setup. That's why I think he saw his opportunity when he left to Lorient. And I think now that they now, you know, putting their feelers out, Arsenal, I think that was putting on that, that 60 million price tag on him. I think that was almost like just to hold him somewhat at bay. I mean, look, it takes, I think, for them to spend that money. But I think it's almost like if you guys want to even talk about bidding for others, player, 60 million should be almost like on the table minimum already. Yeah, it just shows the the growth that, that Gwendozi has done over these, the season alone, not even seasons, the season alone. I mean, joining Arsenal and playing in the Premier League and to stand out like he has. I mean, that takes a lot from a, 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 he's a gutsy player, actually. I think his temperament is also somewhat calmed down. I mean, he's somebody that, I mean, look, sometimes he can get volatile, that we know, but I mean, that's now, you know, that that, that youth shooting through now. Eh? But I mean, other than that, he's actually looking more composed and that way, as when I look at, at, at Xhaka at the moment, I mean, in that game now on, on Thursday night, where even Peter Cech couldn't get him under control because almost like when he lost his head there at that, that last part of the game, I thought to myself, I mean, other play, like senior players were already telling him, you know, just get away from this whole thing. And he just kept on running his mouth. And I thought to myself, this is sort of indiscipline that could still cost us in games. This, like, you know, this very thing of Xhaka. And we almost saw it at one season against Burnley. I think it was, you know, when he got the red card, what was it Burnley or Swansea a few seasons Burnley. back? when he actually was also a petulant thing and got himself sent off. And sometimes his ego maybe gets the bit the better of him. Look at that game against United as well. When he, he already gave away a free kick, which was a valid one. And then he just kicks the ball. I don't know if it was the United game or whoever it was. But then he just kicked the ball. He's already on a yellow. And then in front of the ref kicks the ball away. Yeah, he's real hot at times. And 
like it, it's 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 sad not sad but it's like you know weird to say that the 19 year old is more composed than you know a seasoned professional that's week in week out plays for international that's why i told you the other day when i what uh, i told i think one of the other podcasts i mentioned where um you know you look at uh you know other some of the top holding midfielders in the world and i you know watching dortmund play and i think i mentioned to you that we you watch someone like axel witzel the way he plays yeah. It's nothing fancy. I mean, of course, he's a one thing. I love it. I mean, he's a tough player. He's tough in the tackles and whatever. But, you know, it's not like flawless. I mean, you can try to shoulder barge him off. He's just cool and calm, drifting past you. And, I mean, he can go shoulder to shoulder with anybody. And, you know, 50-50s or so. He can go toe-to-toe with anybody. But, I mean, just the he plays with that, that sort of discipline. But also that, 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 that desire to uh, not only hold the line and whatever, but you, you also say discipline where... If they, he knows they're under the cosh, he will sit and, you know, protect that, that defense. But, I mean, you look at some of the Xhaka, okay, in this past few games, Xhaka has that freedom now to play, you know, his game. But, I mean, if, I'm thinking, if you think now towards probably the way Southampton will probably play tomorrow, like Route 1 type stuff at times, yeah. or even if you think now up ahead to the Tottenham game, you're going to need somebody that's going to be on the ball and focus. Because... I think Una Emery was also asked about, um, like in this past press conference, why do we not see that sort of, you know, that urgency by Arsenal or that also discipline that you see against Tottenham at, at the Emirates, against yeah. Chelsea at the Emirates. That is a sort of performance. You must also like take that form. And I, I think that is where the breakdown comes with the team, like where he gets them to do that. But it's almost like whatever he says goes totally out by the other ear. In away games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we had that away performances in the start of the season where you looked in like, wow, this team's actually a bit disciplined and we're actually getting the results away from home. So, you know, I don't know what happened in that from that time till now. I don't know if complacency yeah, came in I the guys. I took a word right out of my mouth. I would have said that now, yeah. Complacency, I believe, yeah. Yeah. So, I will draw a line on that now. Um, I wish you guys all a great weekend. I hope the result goes our way also tomorrow. It should. But I'm just saying we hope because you never know how defense is. And let's hope also we can get that Bournemouth game also behind us and get also the three points. Goodbye and have a great weekend. Bye. Bye, guys.